Hello, we're about to start the book of Judges. And uh, Jesus is in every book of the Bible, and Jesus is clearly our judge. <laughs> now, as we go through the book of Judges, we're going to meet a number of people who were leaders in the nation of Israel, and they were all given this title, Judge. They weren't all, you know, judicial judges, but they did a little bit of that type of thing. But it's, it's a title that just basically means the leader. <laughs> and, uh, but Jesus, he's reflected in, in the book because he's our judge. Now, he's our leader, but he's also our judicial judge. And as we go through the book, we're going to meet 12 different judges and uh, a little bit of something about each of the 12 is going to teach us something or, or highlight something for us about the great judge. But of course, the 12 judges were very human as well, and some of them, like Samson, were just downright uh, <laughs> despicable in some ways, I guess. So anyway, um, it's book number seven of the Bible, and let's read Judges chapter one. After the death of Joshua, the children of Israel asked of Yahweh, saying, who should go up for us first against the Canaanites to fight against them? Yahweh said, Judah shall go up. Behold, I have delivered the land into his hand. Judah said to Simeon, his brother, Come up with me into my lot, that we may fight against the Canaanites, and I likewise will go with you to your lot. So Simeon went with him. Judah went up, and Yahweh delivered the Canaanites and the Perizzites into their hand. They struck 10,000 men in Bezek, and they fought against him. They struck the Canaanites and the Perizzites, but Adoni Bezek fled. They pursued him, and they caught him, and they cut off his thumbs and his big toes. Adoni Bezek said, Seventy kings, having their thumbs and their big toes cut off, scavenged under my table. As I have done so, so God has done to me. They brought him to Jerusalem, and he died there. The children of Judah fought against Jerusalem, took it, struck it with the edge of the sword, and set the city on fire. After that, the children of Judah went down to fight against the Canaanites who lived in the hill country, and in the south, and in the lowland. Judah went against the Canaanites who lived in Hebron. The name of Hebron before that was Kiriath Arba. They struck Shishai, Ahiman, and Talmai. From there, he went against the inhabitants of Debir. The name of Debir before that was Kiriath Sepha. Caleb said, I will give Aksar my daughter as wife to the man who strikes Kiriath Sepha and takes it. Othniel, the son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother, took it. So he gave him Aksar, his daughter, as his wife. When she came, she got him to ask her father for a field. She got off her donkey and Caleb said to her, What would you like? She said to him, Give me a blessing. Because you have set me in the land of the south, give me also springs of water. Then Caleb gave her the upper springs and the lower springs. The children of the Kenite, Moses' brother-in-law, went up out of the city of palm trees with the children of Judah into the wilderness of Judah, which is in the south of Arid, and they went and lived with the people. Judah, with Simeon his brother, they went and struck the Canaanites who inhabited Zephthath, and utterly destroyed it. The name of the city was called Hormah. Also, Judah took Gaza with its border, and Ashkelon with its border, and Ekron with its border. 
Yahweh was with Judah and drove out the inhabitants of the hill country, for he could not drive out the inhabitants of the valley because they had chariots of iron. They gave Hebron to Caleb, as Moses had said, and he drove the three sons of Anak out of there. The children of Benjamin didn't drive out the Jebusites who inhabited Jerusalem, but the Jebusites dwell with the children of Benjamin in Jerusalem to this day. The house of Joseph also went up against Bethel, and Yahweh was with them. The house of Joseph sent to spy out Bethel, the name of the city before that was Luz. The watchers saw a man coming out of the city, and they said to him, Please show us the entrance into the city, and we will deal kindly with you. He showed them the entrance into the city, and they struck the city with the edge of the sword, but they let the man and all of his family go. The man went into a land of the Hittites, built a city, and called its name Luz, which it is to this day. Manasseh didn't drive out the inhabitants of Bethshan and its towns, nor Tanakh or its towns, nor the inhabitants of Dor and its towns, nor the inhabitants of Ibliam and its towns, nor the inhabitants of Megiddo and its towns, but the Canaanites would dwell in that land. When Israel had grown strong, they put the Canaanites to forced labour and didn't utterly drive them out. Ephraim didn't drive out the Canaanites who lived in Giza, but the Canaanites lived in Giza among them. Zebulun didn't drive out the inhabitants of Kitron, nor the inhabitants of Nahalol, but the Canaanites lived among them and became subject to forced labour. Asher didn't drive out the inhabitants of Akko, nor the inhabitants of Sidon, nor of Ahalab, nor Aksib, nor of Helbar, nor of Afik, nor of Rehob. But the Asherites live among the Canaanites, the inhabitants of the land, for they didn't drive them out. Naphtali didn't drive out the inhabitants of Beth Shemesh, nor the inhabitants of Beth Anath, but he lived among the Canaanites, the inhabitants of the land. Nevertheless, the inhabitants of Beth Shemesh and of Beth Anath became subject to forced labour. The Amorites forced the children of Dan into the hill country, for they would not allow them to come down to the valley. But the Amorites would dwell in Mount Heres, in Ajalon and Shalbim. Yet the hand of the house of Joseph prevailed, so that they became subject to forced labour. The border of the Amorites was from the ascent of Akrabim, from the rock, and upward. So this chapter and the next chapter and a little bit of chapter 3 are all setting the scene for all the judges that are to come. So we've been uh, in a whole chapter setting the scene. So this is when Joshua has died. We just went through the whole book of Joshua. Joshua is dead and now there's these huge big parts of the land which weren't still under their control. Well, the, the land as a whole was under their control but there were these pockets of resistance where Canaanites kept on living. And you'll remember the Lord had said to them, they must utterly destroy the inhabitants of the land and drive them out. But as we're going to find out from this chapter that we just read, they didn't. And so this is setting the scene for all the terrible things that are going to happen in this book. And the book of Judges is a sad book. You know, when you read the book of Joshua, you had a feeling of conquering. You know, they've come into the land, they're conquering, they're overcoming, their enemies are defeated. But now the scene is being set where they didn't properly do the job. And we're going to start to see what the effect of that will be. And so what happened is that um, 
the, the generation of Israelites that was with, um, with Joshua, they were so quick to do what Joshua said. But after Joshua died, there was no one clear leader and the people didn't follow the Lord quite the way they did before and they became comfortable. They were just happy. And um, so what happened was uh, tribes had their allocated sections of land but everyone just kind of got happy living where they were and they allowed the Canaanites to dwell among them. And as we went through this chapter, we noted in verse 19 that Judah and Simeon failed to drive out the inhabitants in the valley because they have chariots of iron. Benjamin fails to drive out the Jebusites in verse 21. Manasseh fails to drive out inhabitants in verse 27. Ephraim fails in verse 29. Zebulun fails in verse 30. Asher fails in verse 31, Naphtali in verse 32, and Dan fails in verse 36. If you add up all of that, there's eight and a half tribes here out of the 12 that have been specifically listed as failing to drive out the inhabitants of the land where they live. So it only leaves another three and a half tribes. So there's two and the two and a half tribes that are on the east side of the Jordan, Reuben and Gad and half of Manasseh, are not mentioned here. However, <laughs> just to complete the picture of how terrible this all is, in Joshua chapter 17, uh, in Joshua chapter 13, it actually already mentions way back in the book of Joshua that they had failed to drive out all the inhabitants of their land. So it's not mentioned here, it's already been mentioned. And the, other, uh, the only other tribe not mentioned is Issachar, not mentioned in this chapter. But it mentioned them in Joshua 2, in Joshua 13, it says that their land that was allocated and their cities were shared with the half of the tribe of Manasseh. And as we went through the failings of Manasseh in verse 27, it's all the same cities that Issachar shares. So if you look at it closely, every single one of the 12 tribes is listed here as failing to drive out the inhabitants. All 12 of them, Levites not mentioned, but all the rest fail. So the setting for the whole book of Judges, right in the very first chapter, is, is letting you know they did not do what the Lord said properly. Now they did what the Lord said in that they went into the land with Joshua and they conquered and they took possession of the land so that they controlled the whole land in general, but they didn't control every part of the whole land and they were supposed to complete that job and they didn't. So. At the start of this chapter, there's a story where Judah and Simeon go and attack the town of Bezek. And there's a king there called Adoni Bezek. Now, Adoni means the Lord, and Bezek's the town, you know, the Lord of Bezek. Bezek also means lightning. So he, his name, I guess, is, you know, the Lord or the king of Bezek, but his name also figuratively is the Lord of lightning. That's interesting because um, lightning was a symbol of the god Baal. You know, like Baal was worshipped by all these Canaanites, Philistines and people. And when the Israelites came into the land, they were to completely destroy and remove this God from the land. And they failed to complete. And the, the word is complete. They didn't complete the task. And so here we've got a guy who's a symbol of, he's a symbol of Baal, I guess, because his name is Lord of Lightning. You know, in archaeology, they've dug up statues of Baal and they've dug, or, or reliefs of Baal where he's been carved into rocks. And there's a picture of him holding the thunder in his hand or holding the lightning in his hand. So it's a symbol of, of him. 
So we've got this story where they're chasing a Donny Bezek. They, they destroy the, the city of Bezek. They're chasing a Donny Bezek. They catch him. They chop off his thumbs and they chop off his big toes. And he, apparently, that was retaliation because he had done that to 70 other kings. Now, when you think king, you think like king of England or you think of king of some big regime. But no, a king was just like the chief of a town or a chief of a village. So he had conquered, you know, 70 villages around him and he'd, he'd got the men that were the leaders of these 70 villages and he'd chopped off their thumbs and big toes. Then it means that basically they couldn't fight anymore. You can't hold a sword if you've got no thumb. You can't, you know, shoot an arrow if you've got no thumbs. And you can walk, but kind of only just. If, if they're chasing you and you've got to get away, you can't really run very well without a big toe. <laughs> so it's very disabling to lose your th uh, big toes and thumbs. And uh, But what's interesting was it was 70. And in the Bible, there's these numbers um, that appear over and over and over again. The number seven is God's number. It's, it means kind of um, perfection in terms of quality. So like God made the world in seven days and he did a perfect job. It was, the quality of it was perfect. But the number 10 also appears all the way through the Bible and that means perfection in quantity. It's like the perfect, fully rounded number. So when you multiply 10 and 7 together, you get 70, which is the number here, 70 kings. And so you've got like a fully complete number. It's, it's um, complete with quality and it's complete with quantity. So 70 is a number that appears in the Bible to represent completion. And so you've got various places in the Bible where Moses had 70 elders. Jesus picked 12 disciples, but then the next level was 70 disciples. So this number appears at various different times. And here, this king, Adoni Bezek, he took 70 tribes, now, or 70 chieftains. Now that's a symbol of completion, but he chopped off all their thumbs and big toes. In other words, he rendered them unable to fight. He rendered them um, basically... Uh, inert. So what we've got here is a picture of the god Baal, because Adoni Bezek's the god Baal, and, and a picture of him rendering completion inert. And um, that's actually what happens. That's a, a symbol right here in the book of Judges of actually what happens to all of Israel, because they don't complete the job. If they complete the job and they do it properly, then Baal doesn't have the, the lasting influence that he does in all the generations that are to come. But it says something. It says that after they captured Adoni Bezek, they took him to Jerusalem and he died there. So we've got a picture there of at last, you know, at the foot of the cross, every God, every evil spirit dying at the feet of Jesus, the Prince of Peace. So we've got a picture there showing us that, you know, Adoni Bezek, he might have captured 70 chiefs and cut off their th thumbs and big toes and he might have rendered them you know inert and he might have destroyed the ability of the Israelites to complete the job but eventually Adoni Bezek himself was captured and brought to Jerusalem to the city of peace and he was destroyed and that's what that is what happened it's a picture here of what Jesus was eventually going to do so even though the book of Judges is this terrible picture of the failings of the Israelites to complete the job they were given we see a little picture here, what was going to happen. Eventually, every god was going to be broken and destroyed at the foot of the cross. So that's wonderful. 
So the only point that's worth making here is that this, this first chapter of Judges is a group of people that lived after Joshua. And so what happened is you got all those people that lived during the time of Joshua and they were so strong about doing what the Lord wanted, but their children grew up and they weren't as strong. And that's a real temptation, not just for this generation, but for our generation, for every generation that ever lives, that every generation has to fight their own battles. They have to get their own revelation from the Lord and parents have to try to pass on what the Lord has given. Otherwise, there's always a risk of going backwards. So... We're prayerful about these things. So Lord, we enter into the book of Judges and I ask that you would unlock it for us as we go through it these next 21 days. And I ask, Lord, that you'd speak to us and help us not to fall into the trap of this generation in the book of Judges who stopped following you so wholeheartedly and allowed worldliness to be mixed in with their faith. I ask you to protect us and preserve us from these things, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.